in to Crossover Wednesday, part of the Lockdown Eagles and the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, it is Gino Camilleri, one of your hosts of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, joined by our good friend over at Lockdown Cowboys. Even though we are bitter rivals going into this week, what's going on, my man, Marcus? How are you doing? What is going on? This is a, this is a fun week, isn't it? It always is, and it, it kind of adds to it. As much as we may hate the star and you guys may hate us, it, it just adds to it because you want to see these two teams perform at their best. And when they perform and play good football, it always makes for a better NFC East. Even yeah, though absolutely. they're 7-7 seven and seven and whatever the records are right now, it doesn't really matter because it comes down to one game. We all had it circled prior to the season, and it really did. Nothing matters other than Sunday. There's a lot of playoff repercussions. If Dallas wins, they're in. If the Eagles win, they have to win against the Giants, which isn't easy. We proved that two weeks ago. But for both of these teams, Marcus, we were talking about it before we started the show. It's been one heck of a roller coaster for both of our organizations this year. Doesn't it feel like that first Cowboy-Eagle game was like three years ago? Like, it the, feels the like teams, three seasons ago. The, yeah, that's I what agree. I'm saying. Like the, these teams don't even feel anything similar to what we saw in that Week Seven game or whatever it was. It, that, that game just feels so so long ago. It really does. And you look at Dallas, and they were getting talked about as can they put their stamp down as being a contender in the NFC East? And it's just like every time Dallas gives it away to the Eagles, we don't want it either. We're playing hot potato with right. this division that really nobody wants to win, and. Now it's there for the taking. Dallas comes off a great game against the Rams. They out-schemed the questionable coach of the year, in my opinion, last year in Sean McVay. And the Eagles, Carson Wentz is coming off two of his best performances that we've seen in quite some time. So this is two raging bulls going to interlock horns come Sunday. Yep, absolutely. And not, I was talking about this on our uh, our show, the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Landon McCool. But uh, please tell me if you disagree. To me... It feels like the Eagles have played at the same level for most of the season. Now, you know, it, it, it hasn't always been great. I would say it's like a, you know, a B minus C game all the way through the season. For Dallas, they've been so up and down that we just never know what t- type of game we're going to see from the Cowboys. Are we going to see, you know, a team that dominates the Rams like we saw last week or, you know, a team that gets blown out by the you know, the Bills or the Jets or the Bears? It, it, it's just a weird season. It's going to be a fun matchup this week. Absolutely. And looking at it from a statistics point of view, I feel like I agree with your sentiment that the Eagles, their games outside of the two outliers in Minnesota and Dallas have been relatively close in standard deviation. I agree with your point saying that they probably have played B minus to C plus ball most of the year. Mm -hmm. I keep telling Lou on our podcast when I watch the Ravens and I watch the Saints and I watch Kansas City and what they're doing. We're not even playing the same sport. There, yeah, it, 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 it feels like you're so far away, right? That's the way the yeah, Cowboys fans feel for most of the time. And then you see a game like that on Sunday, and you think, well, maybe we're not that far away. Maybe we can compete with the 49ers if the game is in Dallas. But I, I have a feeling that's maybe fool's, fool's gold a little bit here. Yeah, I totally agree. And we kind of had our test here in Philadelphia. I said – uh, on the lock, on the crossover with Locked On Seahawks, I said if we lose that Seahawks game and really look bad, I, it doesn't sit well to me that we can make a dent in the in the playoffs. Sure. And yes, this game does have playoff repercussions, but in all honesty, I hate playing Russell Wilson, and if he has to come here in a playoff game in prime time, 
I, I, there is no way in my head I can see the <laughs> Eagles winning that game. I, I, as much as I love them and have loved them since the year 2000, I just cannot see them winning at that football game. But it's going to come down to can they beat Dallas to get there? Or does I really think Dallas has more ability to make a playoff run just because they have the pieces right now. The Eagles are just – what are you going to continue to do with practice squad wide receivers yeah, and yeah. just cornerbacks that cannot guard anybody? I mean, you're, you're seeing Dwayne Haskins and Fitzpatrick throw for career games against our secondary. It's like can you really expect to go – beat Russell Wilson, potentially have to go up to Lambeau or go into the Superdome like you did last year, and then maybe have to go to the Niners and play that front that I don't think any quarterback wants to play in late in January. So, man, to me, Marcus, you can have this game if you really want it. <laughs> well, that's the frustrating thing about the Cowboys side of things is their fans, and I think Jerry Jones feels like, hey, if they play at A-plus game, even if they pay, play a B-plus game, they can hang with anybody in the NFC. We've seen them, you know, play a really good game against Minnesota and play, you know, the Packers tough before. We've seen them beat Seattle last year in the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind that the Cowboys have the talent and the, the players to, to play with anybody in the league. <laughs> but we don't see it very often. We see it two or three times a year, and then it disappears. And it, it, <laughs> listen, I am not optimistic that this team can make a run either. But there is just this sliver of doubt in my back of my mind thinking, well, maybe this team can get on a run. If Maybe they beat the Eagles. Maybe this is a year they can do it. But uh, I, I think obviously we're going to learn a lot on, Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot about what these teams want and what is their, their overall goal from this season. Because you look at Dallas right now and – we were talking about it before we started. What's the future of Jason Garrett? Is this team going to play for their head coach? That that should light a fire under anybody's ass, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and this week especially. And the Eagles, I mean, right now to me, after the last two performances from Wentz, that's really what I wanted to see. And if he comes out and has a good game to Dallas and we lose in maybe like a field goal type game, I wouldn't be too disappointed with it because of what is going on around him. But Man, if that team can't get ready to play for Garrett, and this has to be his last straw. This has to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. There's a lot more to question in who that team wants to play for, and a bigger question for Jerry Jones come the following Sunday if he has to let Garrett go and start looking for a new head coach. Yeah, and I will say this about Jason Garrett. One of the things that he has done well over his career is the the Cowboys have never really given up on him. Now, they've had— They've had stretches where they haven't played well or they haven't execute, executed well, uh, but it's not a thing of, you know, these players are quitting on their head coach. I, I, I certainly oh, see sure. them. I, I certainly see them coming out playing fired up on Sunday afternoon, but that doesn't mean they're going to play well, and that's something that I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, I agree. And the thing with this Eagles team is, I, I'd say, can this team play well? Because it's really been fool's gold the last two second halves against the Giants and the Redskins. I think a lot of things have gone right for them. Carson Wentz literally had to be perfect. He was 15 for 15 in the fourth quarter against Washington and overtime against the Giants. So, I mean, the law of averages and Murphy's law with this team, everything that has gone wrong will go wrong. We've seen it in Philadelphia. I can't imagine anything 
but something to go wrong on Sunday, and especially what happened the last time they played Dallas. I'm just glad Doug Peterson has hasn't said anything yet to <laughs> get Demar- Demarcus Lawrence fired up. But there are a lot of pieces that we will get into coming up on both the offensive and defensive side of the football for both of these teams. Right when we come back, we will start to discuss this Eagles offense against the Dallas Cowboys defense. So continue to join us here on Crossover Wednesday with the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Cowboys. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment two here on the Crossover Wednesday edition of arguably the best rivalry in sports. I think we can both agree on Absolutely, that, Marcus. Yes. To me, it's it's one of the most well-respected. Uh, we were saying before the before the show that the Bills finally got on Sunday Night Football. To us, this is this is a yearly thing. It's an annual sure. game to us. Yep. I mean, even though it's America's Game of the Week, we still get primetime games all the time. Speaking of primetime, Carson Wentz, a guy that has had his name in lights Every single week, I feel the, the 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 backlash that he has just felt from the media and just the short end of the stick that he's really gotten in roster construction and the players dropping balls around him has a tough test coming up against a defense that really put it to this Eagles offense last time they played in Jerry World. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and first of all, before we talk about the offense and defense, just say Christmas wouldn't feel the same if it wasn't for... Uh, the Cowboys and Eagles meeting in late December. It seems like we get one of these games every year, right? Where uh, one of our Christmases are ruined because of uh, the, you know, our team. So uh, just wanted to put that out there. But uh, my first question I have for you, Gino, is really quickly, uh, who who is Carson Wentz going to be throwing the ball to? Because last time uh, the Cowboys played the Eagles, uh, Alshon Jeffrey actually had a pretty good game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was there. I don't believe Deshaun Jackson played. Um, can you fill Cowboy fans in as to who uh, Carson Wentz will be targeting this week? Yeah, you got it. Uh, so uh, I was a big proponent of my friend J.J. Ortega Whiteside out of Stanford, even though he killed my Oregon Ducks in one of the worst primetime games I've ever watched. Yep. And he's continuing to break my heart now because the coaching staff just isn't doing him any favors. They took him a long time to get him in the lineup. He didn't even have a catch last week. And that's not great looking around what's going on with a lot of these second round wide receivers that were drafted. He is six foot two. He's a big body, big arms can catch outside of his frame, but Carson Wentz, he's still growing his relationship with him, still growing the trust. One area that JJ is looked at from Carson is during the scramble drill. He's had Mm -hmm. two Big receptions on the scramble drill from Wentz. So if play breaks down, JJ's the guy you got to look at. Guy in the slot who was filled in by Nelson Aguilar the last time we played will now be occupied by San Antonio Commander legend Greg Ward Jr., <laughs> who caught the game-winning touchdown against the Redskins last week. He was on the Eagles practice squad a couple years ago. They cut him. He was back on the practice squad. He was on the active roster. They cut him again. He went back on the practice squad, went to the AAF, came back, was on the practice squad, finally gets his chance on the Eagles roster, and has really done well. He's not much of a go-get-the-ball type guy. He's a very body-catcher type player, but he's shifty. He, he makes things happen. He's our punt returner. If he gets the ball in space, he's brought a lot more juice to that slot receiver position than Nelson Aguilar was able to provide there. And on the other the X receiver position is our good friend Robert Davis. Don't know if you've ever heard of him. He I have co- actually. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, he's played a couple years for the Washington Redskins. We picked him up off of waivers. Uh, he is a 4-3 type speed receiver. He can really get down the field. He was open a couple times last week. Didn't get a look from Wentz, though. But, yeah, man, you said it. Outside of the two stud tight ends that you guys know and love in Dallas and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, 
guy mm-hmm. who we should name Philly Goddard because I can't stand that is actually his name. And he was actually named after the Dallas Cowboys and is yep. wearing Eagles green. But that's a discussion for another day. But, yeah, they're throwing to a lot of guys who, even though they don't have much experience with Wentz, the thing that really has brought life is that they're playing with passion. And another guy I forgot to mention, Josh Perkins. He was a practice squad tight end that we had. These guys are playing, and they're having fun. You, you, you've seen it the last couple weeks. I said to Lou on Lockdown Eagles that when Alshon Jeffrey went out in that game, it was almost like an uplifting thing to them almost that these young guys can come out and start to make plays and Wentz can just let it rip. And he did down the stretch against the Giants and he did in that Washington game. And the passing game has found new life with the two guys in the backfield as well. And Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, it's, it's not what you guys saw when you played Elshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. And I think Mac Hollins was occupying the other receiver position. He's now in Miami. So this is, this is a, Rubik's cube of people moving all over the place. It's going to be a different look for this Eagles offense going against the defense. It'll be intriguing to see how defense lines up against them because you can throw Byron Jones at Elshon Jeffrey, but is he going to be able to defend a guy in the slot like Greg Ward or will they put him on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? I would expect maybe Jordan Lewis on Greg Ward. It's going to be fun to watch because I have no idea how they're going to come out. This play calling the last couple weeks has been just turned on its head from what we saw in the uh, very boring middle of the season. Yeah, the only thing I would say about the Cowboys defense that has really changed over you know the last few weeks is uh, Sean Lee is going to be starting as the team's weak side linebacker. No Leighton Van Der Esch, who is still dealing with a neck injury. Um, Lee can have some games where he's absolutely incredible. Uh, and my gut says that this is going to be one of them. He knows Philadelphia really well. Oh, he knows this scheme. Uh, he's dealing with some a couple different injuries. He's got a thigh injury. He's got a uh, pectoral strain. Um, I don't anticipate him practicing all week, but he didn't practice last week, and he is fantastic. Um, the only other move is Jordan Lewis is now the team's full-time starting slot cornerback. Um, and while he'll give up some plays, he's maybe the team's best playmaker. They're going to send him on blitzes. Uh, he, he can find his way to the football. Uh, that's been a big part of the Cowboys defense over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't anticipate them moving the, the corners around. We have seen them in the past put Byron Jones on a Zach Ertz um, or Dallas Goddard. They may do that on a few snaps here and there. Uh, but I again, I don't anticipate that being a big thing. Um, the, the matchup that I'm really looking at is the, the Cowboys defensive line against this Philly offensive line. Um, it's been, you know, an Eagles offensive line that's had some injuries. Um, you know, you please, you can talk about it, but Lane Johnson's about, I'm not sure if he's expected to play this week. Is he going to try to get back on the field? I would say that if the world was ending and Lane Johnson had a decision to either go to safety or line up one-on-one against Demarcus Lawrence, I think he would choose to line up one-on-one against Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence any day of the week. I said his leg has to be falling off for him to miss this game on Sunday. Even though a high ankle sprain is a very difficult injury to come back from, Lane is a guy who loves Dallas week more than anybody. And him and yep. Demarcus Lawrence, man, they respect the hell out of each other. They always have great battles, and I think it'll be a disservice to see Lane not 100% going into this game, but he definitely does provide a better matchup than Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, especially because he doesn't do well against speed and power rushers. Demarcus Lawrence would give him 
he'd give him fits all day long. So I would much rather see a 75% Lane Johnson than Vitae. Yeah, and that's that'll be an interesting matchup to watch because Lawrence can have success against a healthy Lane Johnson. So it, that's certainly something Absolutely. to monitor. The one piece of the puzzle that the Cowboys have now that they didn't have in their first matchup is Michael Bennett. Uh, and that gives them, especially on third down, a guy that can produce in the interior of this offensive line. Obviously, he knows Philadelphia well. I think he's going to want to have a big game in Philly. Uh, so when you have, you know, Lawrence and Robert Quinn going against Jason Peters and then Malik Collins inside, the Cowboys have a lot of talent on their defensive line. I'm going to be curious to see uh, if they can create some pressure on Carson Wentz in this game. Yeah, I absolutely believe so. And Michael Bennett, like you said, he does make his living on the interior. I think it would be wise to line him up on the side of Isaac Sayamalu rather than going up against Brandon Brooks because Brooks, to me, is the top offensive line in all of football. He's just continually playing at an excellent rate. And Sayamalu, he's he's a replacement-level player. He's, yep. he's played good ball, but the left side of our offensive line, oof, man, I love Jason Peters to death, but it has looked terrible since he has came back from injury and they sat Andre Dillard. They've had communication issues between him and Sayamalu just missing – just open rushers getting to Carson Wentz. And man, if you mess up a, mess up an assignment on Michael Bennett and Robert Quinn, those two guys are veterans. They're going to eat you alive. That's This is not a game that they can allow that to happen. And I fully believe that that, de- that defensive front is going to give them fits. But one thing that the Eagles have been doing that we finally, finally have been waiting for is getting Carson Wentz out the, outside of the pocket. And this is the game you're going to have to do so because – those Cowboy rushers can get to Wentz. They've done so every single game we've played them, I feel. you got to get them outside the pocket. you got to let Wentz create outside of structure. That's when he plays his best. I expect a quick passing game and a lot of Miles Sanders in this game because that young man has single-handedly saved this offense this year. Uh, and that's going to be something to see, you know, can the Cowboys tackle? Uh, that's been one of their biggest problems all year long is – uh, they can get to the football. They've got athletes everywhere on defense, but tackling has been a, a major problem. And, you know, Miles Sanders is one of these guys where, you know, if you don't get both hands around him, uh, he can make some big plays. He can turn a five-yard gain into a 50-yard one. Uh, I remember his game against Buffalo. I think that was really his coming out party. Yes, sir. Uh, I was there. I was yeah. right in the end zone. It was beautiful. Yep. And, and that's, you know, the Cowboys have struggled with that this year. So, I, I really think this game is going to be decided on this side of the ball. Can the Cowboys tackle? Can they create turnovers? If not, don't be surprised if Carson Wentz has a pretty good day uh, despite some you know, lesser talented receivers. Absolutely. And the way the way he performed last game, I, I can't see that happening again. Just this entire team coming out flat and getting behind the eight ball, which they did so early on. I mean, before you knew it, it was 14, nothing. It was just, absolutely. Yeah. That was, that was terrible. And, this, these guys have played well for them, but Marcus, one thing that this team has really given teams, especially the Giants and the Redskins the last couple weeks, fits with is when they put two running backs on the field. They have Boston Scott, out of LaTac, very good player, shifty little guy. Him and Miles Sanders have been interchangeable between running routes out of the slot and running routes out of the backfield. I, I know I know that they have Jordan Lewis, who is good and can defend running backs well out of the slot. But if they have two guys on there, what would be the option for Dallas to cover the other the other running back? Well, it's certainly going to depend on their injuries. Uh, they have Joe Thomas, who is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. Uh, they have no problem playing you know all three linebackers. Now, 
He's a little banged up right now, so that may change the the style that they have to play on on defense. Uh, they probably would play a little bit more of Jordan Lewis uh, in the slot. Uh, you know, if Philadelphia wants to run on Dallas, I, I I think that's where the Cowboys can really be exposed. We've seen that throughout mm-hmm. the year. If a team just comes in with a game plan, hey, we're going to run the ball on every first down. Uh, we're going to get to second and six, second and five, and then run the ball again. Uh, the Cowboys really don't have a lot of answers there. They've got def- they got guys on the defensive line uh, who are undersized, who want to get upfield, namely Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett. Uh, Malik Collins fits in there well. I'll be curious to see if the, the Eagles use a more ball control style of offense in this one. Really, really try to run the ball uh, to take advantage of the Cowboys there. Absolutely. One thing they've been doing really well in <laughs> God forbid they have some good play designs lately. They're getting Boston Scott motioning across the formation and getting Miles Sanders moving to the opposite side, and they're running some option route, uh, option handoffs and pitches with them. They've been looking really well, and I, I, I believe that that is one part that they really need to get going because you don't want to get into the hole which you got into last time against Dallas. And like you said, we know how Michael Bennett loves to get upfield. He's one of those fastball guys, which Jim Schwartz loves in his defense. And there's a reason Dallas got him there. And Robert Quinn, the same thing. And I fully expect them to try and hit that side of the offensive line hard. And it's going to be interesting, my man. I really don't know what Eagles offense is going to show up week in and week out. So we could have this entire discussion. I say things can go well, and then they could come out and it could be 35 to 7. It, for all I know, Dallas is just kicking our butt on defense, which we will get into. And the Eagles having three turnovers, a Carson Wentz fumble or something. Who knows? The, everything that could happen to this team has happened. And when I want to expect the unexpected, the unexpected slaps me right in the face with these Philadelphia Eagles. And hopefully it is much better result come Sunday. But as we get into it on the other side of the break, our final segment on the crossover Wednesday, we will talk a little Dak Prescott coming off a good performance against the Rams and an Eagles defense, which is setting records for being awfully bad in the NFL. And (laughs) join us on the last segment of this crossover Wednesday. All right, everybody wrapping up here on crossover Wednesday with Gino Camilleri of the Locked On Eagles podcast and Marcus Mosier of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Marcus, Dak Prescott, man, he ripped those Rams apart last week. Those defensive breakdowns, he really took advantage of them. I feel like he's really keeping the ball safe for that team. And if you do that against the Eagles, you can easily move it on this Eagles defense. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun season for Prescott. This is by far the best he's ever played. Uh, he's actually dealt with some injuries. He's got a, a, a banged up finger right now, um, but he's winning from the pocket. And in part because they have, you know, it's the opposite of Philadelphia right now. They've got a ton of weapons. Uh, they can't find enough touches for all these guys. Uh, you know, if if it's not Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb killing secondaries, it's Blake Jarwin making a big play or Jason Witten making a, a one-handed catch or uh, Tony Pollard uh, ripping up big runs after big runs. So the Cowboys have a lot of talent. It's just... Man, they're so inconsistent. This should be a team that's averaging 30 points a game every single week. Uh, the offensive line has played pretty well this season, but for whatever reason, things just seem to fall apart. But uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see if they can, you know, get everything together against this Philadelphia defense. Where, you know, you look at the matchups here. Uh, obviously, I, I like the Philadelphia defensive line a lot with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Vinnie Curry and Josh Sweat. But after that. 
I mean, is there a spot in Philadelphia's back seven that you feel good about against the Cowboys? I'm not sure, right? Because I'm not sure who's going to cover Amari Cooper. He's had Mm -hmm. a couple big games against Philadelphia. Michael Gallup's had big games in the past. Uh, Randall Cobb is a guy that can make some big plays if he's going up against an Avante Maddox. Uh, it, it, It certainly appears on paper that the Cowboys offense should have a lot of success uh, but we know that doesn't always play out. The thing about Dallas is if you just run play action against us, you're going to score, like you said, 35 points, no doubt. This team bites on play action worse than any other defense in the NFL. It truly is bad. They have bad linebackers, and Nate Geary is just a bad NFL player, and Nigel mm-hmm. Bradham has been up and down this season, but they just continually – they love to prevent the run. So I, I fully expect them to hold Zeke, but – if they get outside with Tony Pollard and can make people miss, you talk about Dallas having tackling woes, man. If go back last week and watch Terry McLaurin's touchdown, it is dreadful to see how bad this team is at giving up big plays, which are huge plays and not just 10 to 15 yard games. But Terry McLaurin went from having a 35 yard reception to a 75 yard touchdown yeah. because of a missed tackle. Yeah. And that can happen with Amari Cooper. That can happen with Michael Gallup. If Tony Pollard gets into the second level, I don't see anybody making a play out there. I fully expect this to be a boat race. I, I, I can. But see. Here, here's the thing, though: the Cowboys. This has been the problem with the Cowboys all season. They have they have great matchups. I, I can think against you know the Packers this year. They have great matchup against the Packers linebackers. They shouldn't be able to stop the Cowboys offense. But for whatever reason, the execution's off. Somebody has a holding penalty. There's a drop pass. The Cowboys are by far the leader in drop passes this year. This is why these games are always weird and they're always fun is Mm -hmm. because they're so unpredictable. Would it shock me if the Cowboys have 450 yards of offense in this game? No, they should. But it wouldn't, I mean, would it be all that surprising if they have three or four turnovers just on tip passes or fumbles or just playing careless football? Absolutely not. And, and that's why my confidence level for this game is so wishy-washy because I, I just – because I mean, with all the talent they have, I should trust them more, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. If I had that talent that Dallas has, like I would feel a lot better about it because I feel that way about this team just because of the circumstances that we're in. And when you're down to practice squad players, you rely on your veterans to come up and make plays. But when you have – two to three Jason Peters penalties every game. And you have a guy like Tim Jernigan with two unnecessary roughness penalties and your cornerbacks who are Super Bowl champions for whatever reason. And I don't know how they allowed Tom Brady to throw for 505 yards and they won that game. It still doesn't make any sense to me. But Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills, who are your veterans on the outside, haven't made a play for you in months. In months, Jalen Mills barely has been on the field in two seasons. It's been nearly two years since he's made a play for you. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, thank goodness they invested in the safety position because without those two guys, teams teams would be scoring 50 points a game. It, it truly is that bad. And you have a guy like Avante Maddox who had a good rookie year, comes out and he's just playing bad football. Even Rasul Douglas last week when he was given his chance had a penalty and just not playing great football. Outside of that line, which get so much crap, much like Carson Wentz on the offensive side of the ball. They're just a victim of circumstance. When you can't cover in the NFL, no matter how – we had the same discussion. I remember this, Marcus, the last time we talked. 
no matter how good your front is, they will not get there if you cannot cover. All Amari right. Cooper has to do is run a five-yard slant, and he will go to the house without a doubt. And teams have taken advantage of that. Quarterbacks like Eli Manning and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Dwayne Haskins, who by no right should be having good games in the NFL in the year 2019. Maybe Haskins has a little bit of an excuse for being a rookie, but man, Jim Schwartz is making these guys look like all pros. And if he is not fired, he's he's my version of Jason Garrett. I cannot stand the man. I think he just, when everything is going wrong, he'll let it go wrong. He'll actually throw some gasoline on the fire for you. It's It's just a bad, bad defense in Philadelphia. And I know the great late Jim Johnson is looking down at this defense and rolling in his grave because it is just dreadful. Listen, again, as bad as things have been in Philadelphia, the Cowboys, you can't trust them either. So what something's going to have to give in this game. You know, this is, really the movable, is the movable object against the, you know, the what stoppable force. So yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Hey, if Jordan Howard comes back and they all of a sudden put together a nice one, two, three punch in the backfield and they can be rejuvenated on offense and somehow Jim Schwartz decides to maybe play quarters coverage or not play inverted single high safety, they may be able to make a stop. But who knows? I'm a big prove me wrong guy and Jim Schwartz hasn't proved me wrong. But Dallas offense against our defense has proven me right in the past. So Hey, if things even if things don't go Dallas's way 100%, it's going to be tough to keep them out of the end zone. I just I I can see Michael Gallup getting behind Ronald Darby, who how he runs a four four but can't keep up with guys who run four four to me is just mind boggling. It's I, been I a while think, since he's run a four four though. I, I know, but I mean, with, <laughs> even with the game speed, I mean, you look at his tape. He he's quick on tape, but he just his mental processing isn't there anymore. And on the other side of the football with Jalen Mills, he just doesn't have the physical tool set to be a legitimate corner in the NFL. And they're continuing to put square pegs and round holes in a position that out of all the positions on this team that are riddled with injury cornerback, they finally have a fully healthy group and they've let us down week after week. It's going to be a fun one. This is maybe the, the worst Teams we've seen in a oh you know, without a doubt in a pivotal you know must win game in week 16. But hey, somebody's gonna have to win. It's gonna be fascinating to see how it plays out. Hey, it could always turn out like 2008. I wasn't gonna mention it, uh, but it had to happen. Or 2013 with Kyle Orton, but Dak Prescott's a much better quarterback than Kyle Orton, and the Eagles have a much worse team than they did in 2013 right now, in my opinion. But it shall be interesting. I think we got to wrap it up, Marcus, because I'm getting really depressed talking about this team, and I, I don't know if I want to continue. Yeah, to me too. Let's, let's finish this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. Well, in the Christmas spirit, we'll keep things nice and jolly. One of us is going to come out a winner on Sunday. That's that's One of us is going to be happy. So it's a going to be a very interesting game, as always, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Locked On Crossover Wednesday edition. Marcus, tell the people where they can find you and what you're doing with Locked On Cowboys. Yeah, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. You guys make sure you follow my co-host at Landon McCool. Um, you know, we we try to do a fun show every week. We're just as depressed about our team as you guys are with the Eagles. So uh, give it a listen. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, our our podcast has been just as depressing. Lou and I, we literally had to take a few minutes after the show a couple of days ago and decompress. But one of us will come out a winner on Sunday. The NFC East does have to be represented in the playoffs. So we will see 
who it's going to be come Sunday. Hey, maybe not, though, if the Eagles somehow lose to the Giants. But as always, I, I, I was going to end on a happy note, but I had to get negative again. I'm sorry. <laughs> as always, everybody, have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy holiday. It's going to be fun on Sunday. Catch me on Twitter at Gino underscore E, my co-host at DBRCLOE, the mothership at Lockdown Birds. And as always, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.